just when you thought Cast and Blast Conversations was never coming back, we've come back in grand fashion. Season three kicks off right now with Elizabeth Bland, the Florida president of American Daughters Conservation. We talk a whole lot about ADC, that organization, some of the things that she's done, her story, her, her and her husband, their charter business and what they run. We also talk quite a bit about dog hunting, how it pertains to fair chase and how it exists in the Florida landscape. This is a conversation you do not want to miss. We are so pumped to be back and we are so pumped to be joined by Elizabeth Bland coming at you right now. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm as ready as can be. Excited. Okay. First question is always the same, and that is, who is Elizabeth Bland? So I am the Florida chapter president for American Daughters of Conservation. Um, I'm also recently taking on the role of national membership coordinator, um, wife, sister, aunt, font. If you want to get into that, I have a few kids who refer to me as their fake aunt and call me okay. the font. <laughs> do they spell it? Do they spell it with an X, like F A U X? No, no. But if you give them that idea, they may start. Okay, I'm gonna meet their numbers. <laughs> um, I am the co-owner of a charter business. Okay. Um, I, I guess I'm volunteer at heart. Um, started volunteering with things around the age of 16. I started coaching cheerleading, uh, for Pop Warner, uh, way back in the day. Now, I guess somebody who enjoys a challenge simple things you uh okay tell me about the charter business you own this with your husband yeah yeah so we uh we um my husband and i own it he's obviously the captain um we do offshore charters out of keaton beach florida um and scallop charters so it is it's the start of the retirement plan gotcha uh, so keaton beach for people that don't know because you are in the nature coast technically i think of florida is that what you would call nature it or? coast big ben okay Big Bend yeah. area. Yeah. Give us a big city nearby. Is it? Um, there's not. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Perry, Florida is probably going to be the, the closest. Well, it is the closest city, but that's going to be the one that people may recognize. Steenhatchee. When we say big city and we talk about Perry, we're talking about because they have a Hardee's, right? Like that's what. Yeah, there's a Walmart. Big... There's okay. a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how long have you been in that area of the world? Did you grow up here? I did not. I grew up in Jacksonville. Okay. Um, my husband's from Madison, um, and his family has his whole life. They've had a place in Keaton beach. Um, so he has, uh, grown up down there, uh, fishing and everything like that. Um, and, uh, decide always wanted to go get his captain's license and finally pulled the trigger on it. Um, a few years ago and started, started wild child charters. Awesome. Wild child charters is where they could find that. Wild child they charters, went, yeah. And you said he does offshore and scalloping? Yep, offshore and scalloping. Yep. Uh, scallop season kind of the same up there as it is further down? Like, or is you know, it a we actually come in a little earlier. Um, we uh, recently, FWC kind of split us into our own zone. Um, so I think we actually start June 15th, where most okay. places start July 1st or later. So uh, we come in a few weeks earlier. Check your local reg regulations before you call the yes. book. but. Yeah. If you haven't been scalloping, like that's so much fun, right? Like it's oh, it just is. a lay down. It's, like describe that for some people that don't. It's basically Easter egg hunting underwater. That like that's what we like to tell new people. It's it's a 
relaxed day on the water. You're snorkeling around. You're getting to enjoy the experience of snorkeling, and then you're picking up a few scallops. How deep are while they? While you're doing it, you know, Goodyear's there. They're in a little closer. Uh, you're, you're, you know, shoulder, shoulder high water. The last few years, they've been a little deeper. So probably, I don't know, and six to ten foot of water. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Like water's usually really clear. It's oh, warm. Yeah. It's warmer than it is other times of the year. So just, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a good way to beat the heat is to book a, a scallop charter. Yeah. Um, so how, we have two questions we have to ask every person we do an interview. Okay. So for, forgive me on these, but the first one is, do you have strong feelings about pineapple on a pizza? I don't have strong feelings. I probably would not order it that way, but then I probably wouldn't take it off either if someone handed me a slice. Okay. <laughs> that seems to be the consensus <laughs> so far this season is I'm not going to kick it off my plate, but I'm not going to yeah. order it. I'm not going to seek it out. Which yeah. I feel like that's a better compromise than those crazy people that are like, yes, I'm here for it. Like sign me up. That's what they prefer. You know, my mom's one of those crazy people. Um, and actually like, when we were little, conned my brother into getting on her team on this by telling him that that's the way the Ninja Turtles ordered their pizza. And Gosh. so it was a thing. <laughs> like wow. we had to have our pizza with pineapple on it. Wow. Uh, hot dog, does it count as a sandwich? Oh, uh, no. No? You're, you're no on no. that? Even yeah, though it's two no. pieces of bread and meat in between? Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. That's Emily will be disappointed to hear that. Last <laughs> one is. Uh, because you're a hunter and a fisherman. We talked a little bit about yeah. fishing, but yeah. But uh, what's your favorite, and they can be different if they're different in the season, what's your favorite boat or blind snack? So I know we plan on talking about it later, but I'm a dog hunter. So blind snack can be a little different because I have more room and I don't have to carry it. Um, but it's something I never eat. Like year round, don't eat it. But you put me in the passenger seat of a hunting truck and I want a honey bun. I know oh. you guys are big on honey buns. Don't know what it is. On the boat, um, fruit. Okay. Fruit just seems like the best, you know, fresh fruit on the boat. Now your husband though, is he an anti-banana captain? Like no bananas on the boat? Um, he will say he is, but I guarantee he's probably not going to check people's stuff. Like he would probably give like throw some side eye if okay. somebody like pulled a banana out. <laughs> the, the, the bite would have to be really bad before he kicked the banana off the boat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned, and we're going to call it ADC, but American mm -hmm. Daughters of Conservation. And this is something yeah. that's near and dear to your heart. Tell us about ADC. It is. So um, American Daughters of Conservation, like you said, it's a, a national nonprofit group formed. It's, we're actually Florida founded. We were started by Brenna Knuckles in the beginning of 2017, uh, probably like end of uh, 2016 is when she kicked it off. But it's an organization uh, whose you know purpose is to get more women outdoors, educate them, teach them the importance of conservation as uh, you know women who are involved in the outdoors. So, so I notice um, conservation is such a broad topic. I was having this mm -hmm. conversation with somebody a, a little bit mm -hmm. a few minutes ago, but like we can get really into the weeds on conservation, like technical conservation and, mm -hmm. and this and the other, mm -hmm. but a huge component of conservation is really like R3 recruiting new people into mm -hmm. the outdoors and women are one of the fastest growing demographics and the, yeah. the fastest growing demographic. So mm -hmm. what are the, some of the things that you guys have done or do or plan to do or. 
Uh, well, if you want to get like the technical conservation projects we've worked on, um, we've built and we maintain monofilament collection bins. So the recycling of fishing line, we've built duck boxes and donated them. But as far as like bringing new women in, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things that we do is we just plan events that they're interested in. And it doesn't always have to be hunting or fishing because camping's a stepping stone. We do a dove hunt, you know, and it's it's simple. A lot of them may show up the first time really just for like the social setting, uh, but that they get more involved. Even simple things like archery classes um, that we can book places. We may have some, we actually, I know for a fact, we have members who do not hunt. Okay. Um, you know, they fish, they enjoy coming out for um, the conservation work. You know, they, the scallop, we do a scalloping trip every year. They, they like to, you know, scallop, fish, kayak, things like that, uh, but they don't hunt. Um, and then some of them will, the more that they get involved and the more people they meet within ADC, they, they kind of take the plunge. <laughs> so They get infected. So yeah. <laughs> So uh, I know that the dove hunt is like one of your favorite events you guys do every year. Tell us, tell us about that. Like, why, why do you love that so much? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, we, we have a great opportunity with a property property owner who he allows us to come plant a dove field. So it's something that we can do for free for our members. Um, We plant the dove field. We don't have to charge anybody anything to come. It's a relaxed setting. Like there's, it's not a lot of pressure. It's a lot of um, back and forth and trash talking, you know, on the dove field. Um, and it's, it's just a good time. What is your favorite thing about ADC? Um, so, you know, the people I got, you know, so everyone I've met really has been great. Everyone's been welcoming. Um, I think a lot of people, when we approach them about uh, joining ADC, especially women who are more experienced hunting, shy away from it because, I mean, who wants to come hang out with like a group of women where it's going to be a lot of drama and catty? And it's not like that at all. So like, it's refreshing to walk into a room of 16, 20 women who don't know each other and everybody just gets along. Um, and it's, you know, no nasty, nice getting along. It's, you know, real genuine. like genuine you know, sincere conversations. Everybody's from a different background. You know, it's just, uh, it's nice to, you know, to have that, uh, I guess, instant connection with people. This would probably be a Brenna question, but do you know how many Mm -hmm. states American Daughters Conservation is in? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. We, um, as of this afternoon, uh, 359 members spread across 32 states. Wow, okay. Yeah. that's a good representation across the country Mm -hmm. um where do you see and you could talk about this from a florida perspective or from an abc as a whole but where do you see the organization in a few years like what are your goals what are you guys trying to what are you trying to do sure so uh the long-term goal for adc one of them um is to purchase land in the organization's name for conservation purposes um you know florida is a state where we're seeing rapid growth, rapid development, um, and we hope to, you know, purchase land that won't be developed and save it, you know, for conservation purposes. Um, and we say member utilization, um, but I don't necessarily think that that means hunting it, you know, 
um, but member use. And then just to continue to grow, you know, we have chapters popping popping up um, across the country. We uh, we have eleven established chapters right now. Okay. Um, and we have some really motivated girls in uh, some other states. So I think we'll have a few more official chapters uh, probably by the end of the month. I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask this yeah. question. And this is way out of line for me to ask, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Sure. But why is it important to have a woman's organization? You know. A lot of women are uncomfortable asking for help. And it's not just, you know, it's it's an easy or an easier transition for a woman to start hunting if she has a husband, a brother, um, a dad who hunts. But there's single women out there who don't hunt, don't know how to get started. And there's there's some stigma. Like if you're a single woman, like you can't go to your friend's husband and say, hey, you take me hunting that's that's a hard conversation and not everybody's okay with it but we give them that opportunity to come out and hunt and it's not as much pressure i don't think they feel like if they if they make a mistake that they're going to be judged you know some guys are kind of macho about things and then honestly some guys are so nice like they want to do everything for you and they don't give you the opportunity to do it yourself or learn how to do it they just here i'm going to set up your blind. I'm going to say, here's your gun. I'm going to put your, tie your hook onto your line. I'm going to bait it for you. I'm going to throw it out and let you reel. And that's just not always ideal. Yeah. So you're, you're giving them a a tangible opportunity to remove some of those. It's not necessarily a threshold or or a barrier to everyone, but for certain people, this is absolutely an entry point to hunting and fishing the outdoors, whatever. Yeah. And even like I, I grew up hunting. Um, it's, it's nice to make it a girl's trip. You know, guys get you, you guys get to go off on your uh, guys hunting trips all the time. It's, it's nice to make a girl's trip out of it. That's what uh, we, we had Cindy Stites on last year. I know, you know, Cindy yeah. and mm-hmm. um, she was talking about, and we had Nicole Qualtieri on, and both of them were talking about the girls only deer camp they do. in Montana. I read about, yeah. Year. I've read about it. Yeah. They weren't able to do that this year because of the COVID stuff, but mm-hmm. um same kind of thing just the ability mm-hmm. to go out there and do it themselves and, mm-hmm. and i shouldn't say themselves like in a, in a but mm-hmm. really impressive to me really cool and i think we we sometimes get caught up in the idea of recipes mm-hmm. like there's a recipe for how you become a hunter mm-hmm. and and we have to kind of break that mold in, in this day and age and, and figure out different ways for people to get into conservation into the outdoors so um, I want to talk about a topic and you know, we're going to camp out here for a minute. It's very near and dear to your heart okay. and full disclosure. I grew up in a house where this was very near and dear to my heart as well, Okay. but you are a dog hunter, meaning mm-hmm. you hunt dogs, you hunt deer with dogs. Yes. Yep. Um, first, just kind of explain what that means to the, to the folks that are not familiar with, cause this is very much a Southern. Yeah. Oh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, this is a very Southern yeah, thing. It is. I, I know that's a very Florida thing in rural Florida. Like this is a very, I, I don't know where other pockets of dog runners are, but I know for us growing up, it was a big deal. Yeah. So um, when we are using dogs to hunt deer, um, we are, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a flush, right? Uh, so you're, you're putting dogs in, you have different styles of dogs. Some people have track dogs where they are going to, find a track to put that dog in on and it's you know gonna leave following that scent i mean some people have cast dogs where you're just you're you're turning the dog into the woods and it's gonna find its own deer and then once they pick up the scent um and start pursuing the deer 
um, then we are hoping <laughs> that we are in the right spot and see it cross to be able to get a shot at it. Do the dogs push the deer in a certain way? No, the deer definitely, definitely makes all the decisions. The deer does its own thing. The deer um, does its own thing. And can you talk a little bit about the logistics of this? Because I mean, when you guys hunt them, when I've, when I've dog hunted before, it's a pretty big operation, meaning mm -hmm. you have trucks set up on different blocks of land. Can you kind of explain how that yeah, works? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's definitely a group effort. It's, uh, it's kind of, I guess, like the team sport of hunting. A lot of communication needs to take place uh, between your, you and your hunting party. You're usually going to have one person, and it's probably the person whose dogs are out at the time, who's going to keep everybody informed of what's going on uh, this day and age. We know that because of Garmin, but just kind of keep everybody aware of what they think is happening. Clearly, we're watching dogs. We're not watching deer, so we really can't call it 100% of the time. Uh, but you can give everybody an idea of where they should be. Um, and, you know, if, if we're traveling and you have dogs close to a road, you can throw out the warning, you know, hey, dogs are getting close, slow down, keep an eye out. Um, and so now, I guess more than ever, we have uh, Garmin allows us to operate a little more safely than what we have in the past. Ex explain that the Garmin system, because I think there's a lot of folks listening to this that don't don't understand quite how that works. Sure, yeah. So, um, you know, Garmin has um, several options of GPS collars. You can, uh, you know, looking on the screen, you can watch and get an eye, you know, watch your dog move. So you can, you know, see on the map where they're going. Um, in our truck, there's probably more money spent on Garmin between handhelds and collars and drive tracks and you know different equipment but you actually get to watch your dog um and see what they're doing which is kind of cool you could you know I, I guess i was raised doing it so i remember far back you know enough where you were listening um and i'm still very much i'm still very much into that habit where i'm listening and telling you what direction they're going in and me and my husband have the discussion all the time that Garmin ruined a dog hunter, but it's going to save dog hunting. <laughs> exactly right. Because it's yeah. really, I, I can remember being a kid and you're listening to those hounds and trying mm -hmm. to get ahead of them and figure yeah. out which road they're about to cross. Yeah. And are they, and you want to get to them before they get to the fence line. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, and even with, you know, even with Garmin, like I said, the deer is making the decision. We don't have GPS on the deer. So you can go to where you think they're going to go and the deer changes his mind and goes somewhere else. So it's, it's far from a guarantee. Oh, it's far from it. Yeah. How many people are in a typical, say you guys get up on a, you plan this Saturday, you want to go run dogs. Our season's closed at the time of this area, mm -hmm. but say, say this yeah. Saturday, you want to go run dogs. Mm -hmm. How many people are in that group on a typical Saturday morning? Um, our group is we, let's see, I think we're five or six trucks. Okay. Uh, you know, five or six trucks worth of people. Um, it may be an individual in the truck. It may be a family in the truck. Um, all, all ages. Oh yeah. All ages. Um, From grandpa or great grandpa down to. Yeah. Uh, my four-year-old niece loves to go. Um, she's, she's in the truck and typically a cookie in hand telling us what we should and should not be doing. She's running the hunt essentially. She's running the hunt. Yeah. How do, how do you guys communicate? Use, use uh, radio. Yeah, CD. we yeah com communicate with radios. Do you uh do you sorry I lost my train of thought. Uh, what kind of dogs do you? Let me ask again. 
what kind of dogs do you have and how many do you have? Sure. So we have uh, walker hounds. We are full-blooded walkers, so no crosses. We have around 15, but we try to keep the running number to around 12. Okay. So do you put yeah. all 12 out at once or do you? Well, yeah, we typically do. Yeah, do? We, t- we, we typically run all 12 at once. My husband spends a lot of time working with our dogs. So it's not with our 12, they are collar broke. Um, to, they're not hard to handle. So it used to be back in the day catching 12 dogs at once. Like you were working, you were diving, you were doing whatever it took to catch them when they crossed. Um, and now it's gotten very, it's to the point where he pulls up and just kind of gets out of the truck and they're like, oh, there's dad. <laughs> we, we ran beagles growing up. And yeah. so uh, my mom's rule was you did not come home without the dogs. Yeah. And my, that was it, my dad's rule. It was not, but it was not uncommon. And you could back me up on this yeah. in the older days. It was not uncommon if you were running dogs in an area that was known for running dogs. Mm-hmm. If you found someone else's dog, you would stake them out at the, at the check station or whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, but we, we would stay in the woods many a night looking for oh, yes. those dogs that would not yeah. show up. And you were yeah. sweaty, muddy, nasty, just up to your ears and in junk yes. to get all the dogs in the truck. Yeah, we uh, growing up, we hunted in an old blazer. And so during hunting season, my dad would take the back seat out and we just had a pallet back there because you were going to be out there late looking for dogs more than likely. And so with two young kids, he had us in bed <laughs> while he was driving around looking for dogs. So I'm going to ask this question. And I think this is the question everyone listening to this. that's not a dog owner would want to want me to ask. Sure. Is, do you struggle with this being, do you struggle with the idea of dog hunting for deer being fair chase? Uh, no, um, I, I don't. Um, why not? I think that, you know, when you talk about fair chase, you're talking about the advantages you have over the animal as a hunter. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure I say this the right way and not to ruffle any feathers. I feel like the deer has a thousand times more opportunity to get away than what it will have in a lot of practices for still hunting. It knows it's being pursued. Um, it has the natural instinct to get away. And more times than not, the deer does get away. Um, If it's a doe or if it's a buck that doesn't meet the legal antler requirements, the dogs are called off. It's the end of it. We move on to something else. If it is a legal buck, then we'll pursue it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're even going to get a shot at it or that it's going to be harvested that day. So if you are running dogs, you're not necessarily in it for the kill. You know, your houndsmen, um, they're really there for the dogs. It's a whole different, it's a whole different reason to be out there. I, I can concur with that because I know that my dad has run dogs still like even recently. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the last deer he shot. Yeah. He just enjoys being out there and listening to the dogs and, yep. and, and mm-hmm. the, the dogs do chase. I also think, and I'm not someone that deer hunts, like mm-hmm. I, I haven't deer hunted in well, several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say this it might get me in trouble, but I don't care. Really, when you take a dog into the field, you're doing it because you want to work the dog, whether it's to hunt quail, whether it's to hunt pheasants, whether it's to retrieve ducks, whether it's to mm-hmm. run deer or whatever, you're, you're looking to pursue the game with that. So I think it's difficult to get into that fair chase conversation mm-hmm. because you're doing something the same way that people did. That's how they hunted red stag in Europe 500 years ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, and they would, they would use those dogs to try to get that deer to that, that animal to where they could get a good clean shot on it. Cause they wanted to take home the meat at the end of the day. Right. Yep. Um, so is this something like, is dog something someone should look to get into, or is it, is it something to, I, I know that there's this, this kind of thing out there and it's a hard question. Yeah. But it's this thing out there. You said that Garmin's going to, it's the worst thing to ever happen to dog hunting, but it's going to save dog hunting. Um, I feel like dog hunting is kind of a thing that is struggling right now. It, it absolutely is. It, it It's absolutely struggling. Um, in order to run dogs, you have to have a large amount of property. Those leases are few and far between um, these days, but they exist. And uh, dog hunting has a lot of controversy surrounding it right now. Um, there are a lot of people who would like to see it go away. And there's a, I mean, from, from all anchors, hunters, there's a lot of hunters that want to see dog hunting going away. Um, animal rights activists, you know, we kind of get hit from all sides, but I'll be honest with you. If you want to get a young kid into hunting, take them dog hunting. They don't have to be quiet. If they want to play with trucks in the dirt, in the ditch, that's the perfect place for them, but they're still out there. They're still learning it. You know, it's, they don't have to sit still in a tree stand for hours. It's exciting. Um, so it's, it is a good introductory point for a child. We interviewed Clay Newcomb a couple of years ago uh, of bear hunting magazine about bear hunting. And he calls mm-hmm. it a guard, a guard, the gate type of hunting. Like bear hunting is one of the first thing that gets attacked because it's yeah. everybody loves bears and they're cute and cuddly. And and so he, he calls it a guard, the gate. If, if we, if we don't guard that gate, we're going to lose it. Right. You look for us really dog hunting is one that people don't recognize running, running deer with dogs is, is something people don't recognize is really a guard the gate issue. I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, there was, there was a chain I was reading on Facebook, um, kind of in the dog hunting community this week, and it was one type of dog hunter attacking another type of dog hunter. And I'm like, we're all using dogs. Like you can't, you can't split it up you know, by the game you're pursuing, like you were using a dog, you can't, you can't make that distinguish. Um, and I really feel like, like we are, we're the low hanging fruit, especially in Florida. Um, so once we are gone, which I hate to say it, I will probably see that happen in my lifetime, but once we are gone, who's next? Right. Who, who then becomes the weakest gazelle to be attacked yeah. in, the, in the hunting community. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Mm-hmm. Um, last question I have on dogs is your dogs. You talked about cast dogs versus, versus track dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, that use those terms, right? Cause cast is you're putting the dogs out and they go find the deer. What'd you call the other ones? Trail dogs, uh, track dogs. So essentially you're coming across where a deer crossed a road or, or you yeah. have mark yep. of a deer and you put the dogs out on that deer. Is that right? Describing yep. that right? Okay. Yep. Um, do you also, do your dogs blood trail or do you have a blood trailing dog? Like I know that's you a know, fascinating kind of subculture out there. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, it really depends on the dog. Um, I've definitely seen deer hounds who will cover a wounded deer. Um, and I've seen some that get there and they're like, nope, job's done. <laughs> like I did my job. You were supposed to do yours. You go find your deer. <laughs> do you have a favorite dog? Um, I do. 
he's on the couch behind me right now. What's his um, name? His name is Casper. Um, he does not hunt. He was retired. He was retired early. <laughs> but no, like of our hunting dogs, I definitely, I definitely have favorites. We joke because I lay claim uh, to some dogs um, and I call them their team Barb. Okay. Um, it's my first name. It's a nickname. Uh, so I will claim certain dogs and label them as team Barb. And my husband has to deal with when my dogs outrun his. <laughs> <laughs> I, the other thing I want to ask, and I'm, I'm trying to paint this picture and I'm not sure I'm doing a good job of it, but so on dog hunts that I've been on before, you, you, you essentially look to grid out an area with, yeah. with mm-hmm. fire paths mm-hmm. or, or road, dirt mm-hmm. roads or whatever where deer are going to cross. And mm-hmm. that's where you look to, to get the shot is in those crossing areas. Yes. Right, right yep. on that? Mm-hmm. And when you have multiple trucks, you will play some sort of game of leapfrog to follow the chase that the dogs are doing yep. to try to get in front of the deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no rhyme or reason in the dog hunting world as to who gets the next shot right because the deer may pivot turn go oh yeah yeah like there's no there's no turns taken or anything i mean the deer honestly makes all the rules okay i mean you're you're just happy you get to play (laughs) do you hunt them you hunt them with shotguns you hunt them with rifles what do you hunt them with um so i am i i prefer my shotgun um, rifle shooting is still something I'm trying to master. So I know I'm not going to be able to throw a rifle up and find anything in the scope, um, that quickly. Um, but a lot of people we know do use their rifles. And I think that is something that varies state to state, area to area. If you are hunting in an area where, you know, just that long distance shot isn't available, then you're probably going to have your shotgun more often um where we are we have some clear cuts uh we have some you know open areas where you're only going to get a shot if you had a rifle in your hand do you worry about stuff happening to your dogs oh yeah like like, oh yeah snakes i mean what are the big kind of concerns you're up in the panhandle the big bend area are gators a concern or yeah we um we actually have um I think I worry about gators year round, even walking to my stand. We have a lot of water in our club. We have, I think it's like two or three rivers um, that actually like run through. Um, And there's some, there's some really big gators out there. I'm not going to say that we haven't had issues um, with gators. Um, I mean, we have at least one snake, you know, snakes too. Um, Water moccasins are most commonly what we've run into um and thankfully that's not as lethal um to a dog as a rattlesnake you know as, as a rattlesnake yeah gotcha do uh can moccasins choose when to inject po- uh, venom oh, i sure. don't know i know I'm that not, rattlesnakes don't, know. don't always inject venom but i know that mm-hmm. when they do it's usually lethal um okay so tell us where should people go if they want to learn more about you about America Daughters Conservation, like what, what have you guys got coming up on your, on your calendar? What's, what's. Sure. Yeah. So um, if you want to learn more about us, our website um, is the best place to go. And that is uh, www.adconserve.org. We have an event calendar there in Florida. We will have, um, I think we'll be kicking off our virtual fishing tournament. It's casting for conservation. Um, and so it's open statewide. It's going to be um, 
still kind of working out the details of what fish species, uh, but it's going to be hosted through the Fish Donkey app. So even if you're in an area of Florida that's still closed and it's catch and release only, you're just taking a picture of the fish up against the ruler so you can participate. And then, you know, we'll have later, I mean, we, we will have our scalloping trip that we do in Florida every year. Um, and we are working with a few groups and hopefully we're going to be able to host um, some deer hunts this year for our beginner members. You also want to uh, meet and and talk about waterfowling with one of the leading yes. waterfowl people in Florida, yes. right? Yeah, if we can get, you know, if we can get on a schedule. <laughs> so um, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you, Elizabeth? Sure. So I'm, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. So Facebook, um, it, it's a public profile. I don't mind giving it out, um, but it's Elizabeth uh, Bland. Instagram. B-L-A-N-D. Yep, B-L-A-N-D. Um, on Instagram, it's at Barb Bland 03. And then for um, ADC, we are on Instagram and Facebook as well. So they're, I mean, great pages. Uh, you know, you know the handles for those? Yeah, so uh, Facebook, we have American Daughters Conservation, um, and we have a separate page for our Florida chapter, um, and that's American Daughters of Conservation Florida chapter. And then Instagram, it's just the national page, and that is at AD Conserve. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for what you guys are doing with AD, American Daughters of Conservation, and for what you're doing with the the heritage and the tradition of of dog hunting. Like I, I know, you. like I said, that's a thing that I grew up around and near and dear to my heart. I don't like it when I see it demonized because I know, I know there's bad seeds and everything, but I but I also recognize like I knew I, I have very fond memories of growing up riding on the toolbox of a truck and listening to dogs work. Yeah, you know, it, it's a shame that um, I guess one of our societal norms is letting the bad seeds of a community dictate the reputation. So hopefully we'll all move past that. <laughs> Agreed. Hopefully. We'll, we'll hold our breath. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. You are very welcome. I was glad to be here. Y'all, I am so excited to be back recording conversation interviews. We have an amazing season packed in. Thank you so much to Elizabeth Bland for joining us to kick off the season. Make sure to check out adconserve.org. You can find them at adconserve on any of the social medias. If you're interested in American Daughters of Conservation, you want to join up with them. It's a fantastic organization. I'm really impressed with them and what they are doing. Uh, you can also check out Elizabeth's uh, charter business, Wild Child Charters fl.com her and her husband james run that they do scallop charters offshore charters are in the big bend area sound like fun people to hang out with for the day as always we appreciate you listening make sure to tell a friend about the show and we cannot wait till you guys see what we got coming next so y'all have a great week Bye.